everyone. It's another episode of Petty Politics, bringing you the petty. And sometimes the political, but less so political today. I think that mostly the petty, because also the unfriendly. In fact, the unfriendly black hockeys are here. Oh, uh, who are they? (laughs) I'm Christina. And I'm Camille. And together we are the unfriendly black hotties, here to bring you our global takes on higher ed. What? Books. What? Music. Go Uh on. Movies. Tell them more. TV. Stop it. Fashion. Cut it out. Culinary arts. I'm screaming. And whatever in the good hell else we feel like getting into this week. And it seems like this week we are going to get... Petty. We are getting petty and unfriendly today. We're going to dive on into some higher ed scandals, some tight politics, talk about the Supreme Court, a Know Thy Enemy Supreme Court edition. Mm. Join us, friends. So first, we're going to start with life in the law slash this week in higher ed, just because this week, I truly feel like it's really intersecting. The mess is really happening at Howard Law right now with one Tyrone Hankerson. <laughs> better call yeah, him. Literally. Call him by, you better call Tyrone. Tyrone. <laughs> call him by his name, y'all. Okay. T- tell me why, when I first saw him trending on Twitter, I literally thought, I was like, oh, so Badu has some, like, a part two out. Like, oh, we're, no. we're getting new Badu. Oh, no. Let's not even shame Badu. So what's going on? Apparently, an explosive report revealed that six Howard University employees stole more than a million dollars from the school, hmm. and they have been fired allegedly after a whistleblower went on a medium called The Medium, mm-hmm. interesting, and basically whistle blew. One of them, Tyrone Hankerson, who was a former student employee at the Financial Aid Office, has been named at the center of this controversy. Apparently, he has scammed over $429,000 from his... <laughs> it's so good. Honestly, in Truly, from the financial aid office. And a lot of people are asking how he did this. That So just to break it down for you guys, apparently he was working in the financial aid office where he was able to give himself loans, grants, and scholarships. Apparently, one of the scholarships, for example, he received was a, a moot court scholarship, mm-hmm. and it was for over $22,000, which is completely unheard of by the rest of the moot court and the faculty. So, <laughs> Like, they literally had to go up and say, we've never given them. We, we don't have that much money in our entire budget. We can't. It's yes, a lie. But the implications of this entire issue is that students were being denied need-based financial aid because the budget was being terminated by this individual who was using it to go on trips, uh, live his best life, wear mink coats. I'm sure y'all have seen the Instagram, right? He secured the bag. He oh, secured the God. bag. He did secure the bag. I, this is iconic. Um, I must say, talk about Joanne, the scammer. He has been taking lessons. He's been taking lessons. Yeah, it's incredible, too. This man has really committed to the lie. And honestly, <laughs> I watched that 40-minute interview that he did with Roland Martin, and Tyrone is sitting there with his lawyer for 40 minutes. Now, let me tell you what I would not be doing mm-hmm. if I were accused mm-hmm. of embezzling $400,000 from my university. I would not be sitting in front of a camera incriminating myself lying repeatedly. So I'm really not sure. Lying repeatedly. (laughs) Exactly. Incriminating myself. Exactly. I'm not sure what to believe because the way that Tyrone talks about it, he's saying that this is all of his student aid that he received like lawfully and appropriately over seven years. But the the institution even admitted that these funds were misappropriated firstly. And secondly, how do you account for the scholarships he was getting that were unheard of by the school officials themselves? There's also the question of him using tuition remission 
been, and I think a lot of the mm-hmm. the rest of these five folks who were also accused of uh, stealing over millions of dollars from mm-hmm. the university, were also saying we're employees, so we get discounted tuition, but then applying for financial aid mm-hmm. and then receiving more money than they actually needed in yeah. order to fleece this scam. I mean, even on the Roland Martin interview, Roland straight up said, did you take this money? And he said, well, no, but you have to look at my earnings from the financial aid office in their own context. So he basically asked us <laughs> to contextualize his bill. So I actually have a quote. He says, details are out there that are inaccurate contextually and are creating an inaccurate image. He's a lawyer. Right. <laughs> contextually. Law school. Why does it sound like he's on Judge Judy, though? That is literally, like, they teach us those words in law school. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I, at, at, at that particular point in time, I had taken the monies, but you must understand contextually the details mm-hmm. in the context. I was given- and even such as. And, and they're asking him specific questions, which I think are easy to answer, which he thinks is exculpating him. So they're asking him, did you have specific access to your own account? He's saying, no, I didn't. However, remember, there were five other employees involved, him being in the six. And so if his friends had access to his account and in that way they were still embezzling and he was the reciprocant of these funds and he knew that it was unlawful, then he's still guilty altogether. Right. So I'm not buying this contextual info. I mean, I truly think that if we want to contextualize it, we can just talk about the fact that he is a master scammer. Like, this has been going on. Because you have to understand. you need is the scam. Like, like, you have to understand, this has been going on for years. So he's mm-hmm. currently in his last year at Howard Law School. Driving also, a Range Rover. We're going to get into that. Financial aid we will money. get into that. The thing is, he's been at Howard since undergrad. He spent four years in undergrad there and then moved to the law school. So he's been working in financial aid there for multiple years. He's had multiple opportunities to really learn that. Yeah, so he wasn't actually Mm. fired. So he's not one of the six that was fired. He Mm. just, like, quit working. And so the six people that were fired, they are supposedly guilty of stealing like a million dollars his 400,000 he has a whole separate story about how he got dragged into some beef between Howard students and some administrative official at the university and mm-hmm. that and they somehow got a hold of his tuition and yada 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 mm-hmm. and all the clothes and swag he got yeah. us because he has friends in the fashion industry darling yeah. so, oh my, so yeah. that's how I secured you that know particular what? bag and I quote he actually said his mother taught him how to ball on a budget mm-hmm. and, and and I want to learn from his mom. Please call me, girl. How do you ball with a mink coat? Let me know how to get a mink coat on my budget because I'm ready. I'm ready for those. I mean, we're ready for a mink coat on a budget. <laughs> Listen. Listen, it's cold here in Boston, firstly. But also watching his interview and just seeing how he was framing the issues. For example, he talked about how he fears for his safety now, how the university officials have not come out and apologized to him and have not taken proper protocol with releasing these statements. He even talked about how he's been seeing his therapist. He's setting this up for a personal injury lawsuit, and that's what I see. He's, he's trying to get a settlement. Oh, no, no. He has more than enough to talk about. I mean, I have my own undercover sources at ooh, Howard ooh, University. The tea, the scoop, it. the scoops. Yeah, yeah um, please. We're hearing that. Spill. We're hearing that not only does he have to deal with mental and you know emotional issues as a result, he's dealing with financial issues because he don't have a job. Wow. So it looks like apparently the firm that was going to hire him, and we've talked a little bit about the law school process, but basically, if you're going to a firm, you will know that by the end of your second year of law school. Or the and, beginning. The, end of your first year, the beginning of your second year. Right, depending on on what firm you want to go to. Mm -hmm. And so immediately after this story came out, 
he got an email, probably a, a real quick text message from a from a firm partner, <laughs> like, uh, "Yo, fam, nah, we're real sorry." It's a no for me, dog. It's a no. It's a Don't no. Throw all the way you over. tried it. Not even for the moral reason, probably, but because they're like, "You're." stealing money, you're about to come through and steal money from our clients, and we're not going to have that. Aside from the petty and aside from the unfriendly, let's talk about this a little bit more conceptually. I think it's important to think about this in terms of upward accountability and who we need to be holding accountable for these students who were not receiving this need-based aid at the hands of six employees. Right. Right. I think that's really interesting because all of the stories use this framing of they center around him as like the the main person, yet he's a student employee. Who are these other Mm -hmm. actual adult employees? Who are the actors? Exactly. Who are like, who've been perpetrating this scam for who knows how long. Right. It's very interesting to me that he continually comes back to the. I have so many questions. Bad. Exactly. Why is he the only one who is being publicized, who is being out in the media? Mm-hmm. What is going on in terms of discipline with the university and his law school? And if he was not found guilty, why is his law firm automatically terminating his employment? Yeah, it's strange. It doesn't so make he's sense. He still owed due process. Yeah, and yeah. Howard has said that they're not going to press charges. So. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like they're pressing charges against anyone. It's it's unclear. Well, I mean, it, it seems like they were trying to cover it up in the first place. They probably didn't want all of this backlash that is currently happening. Like, mm-hmm. apparently, students have been protesting for over a week now. They're really pissed off I mean, about he, this. He's saying he didn't break the law, but we have to remember everything that is legal is not just. And so maybe mm. under the authority of a financial aid officer, he is entitled to appropriate funds in the way that he's just he's given the discretionary ability. So maybe he's able to. I don't know how that works. <laughs> I don't work in a financial I, aid no, office. No, no. I, so as someone who has worked in a financial aid office. Oh, okay, so let us know. Let us know. Correct. CC has also worked in a financial aid office. And we've talked about this, right? Like, we have so many questions as to what are Howard's policies internally yes, that's that, what I, yeah. that mm-hmm. allowed that to go mm-hmm. on unchecked I don't for understand. 10 years. Unchecked. That, and that's what I'm saying. That using, it, like, me, yeah. Where is this money coming from? No one's asking questions. That That is... And these are the yeah. questions that need to be asked. And that's why I'm saying maybe under Howard's protocol, maybe under their policy, this was completely le- legal but in... Y- it's country and they look country in it. Like they deserve to be <laughs> It's country and they look country so le- in so it. So let me tell you a story about being in the financial aid office at mm. this current institution. Okay. So I was responsible for millions of dollars in financial aid. Now, I wasn't assigning it, but I was responsible for reconciling mm-hmm. it. I remember a week where I spent literally five days, eight hours a day looking for $1. One dollar. I had to oh be accountable God. for that one dollar. And I was like, yes. can I, bitch, can I give it to you out of my pocket? <laughs> Look, like, it's not that serious. One hundred pennies. <laughs> but that is how seriously serious? financial responsibility is taken. Yes, no. because we get audited basically every few years. Like, you know what's going to happen, and you have to be accountable for every single dollar that you have. What in the collusion is this? I'm worried. No, because now I'm thinking Howard University officials. No, because if this is the case, if these schools are being audited, I'm not. There's a piece missing. Yes. And I want to know what that piece is. Robert Miller, if you're out there. and (laughs) We need a special counsel for this. You know, so I was talking with a Howard undergrad alumna who was telling me about the fact that Howard University actually is funded through federal dollars. Like, I actually didn't know the history of Howard, but the fact that they receive federal money and they've received it for so long based on their history as an HBCU, this could potentially actually be a 
like a federal government issue. Like he could be oh. not just like on as a private citizen dealing with issues, but dealing with the U.S. federal government. So maybe you never know. There might actually be a special counsel out here or the solicitor general out here. Like, oh, nah, we I'm can't have y'all stealing it, our and money. I'm ready for it. So in sum, don't be like Tyrone. Or do <laughs> a little bit. But don't do it from your university funds. Do it from a man. Get a man yeah. to buy oh, you. Oh, uh, and shoes. I'm and I'm all more for tea, it. more I'm tea. All for it. We're mm-hmm. we're hearing from our. If you're from gonna our call Tyrone, call the other Tyrone. <laughs> we're hearing from our sources that he did say that he in fact had a very rich boyfriend who was financing his lavish lifestyle. Boyfriend, come forward and escalate your man. If not, then Tyrone, we are. Oh, not you know he's gone. <laughs> oh, you know he's gone. You know he's gone. All right, friends, it's time for a Know Thy Enemy Supreme Court edition. Mm, I've been excited for this. I'm screaming. I need to know. So for those that don't know, we should probably explain what Know Thy Enemy is. KW and I have been looking at our enemies currently in our administration via the lens of their astrological signs. You Mm. can learn a lot about people through their what we think is absolutely made up but deeply true. (laughs) horoscopes, astrology, and the zodiac at large. Yes. (laughs) I live by my zodiac. We can do an MBTI version at some point. Mm. Ooh. Going deep. Give me an ENFJ or somebody out here. I know they're not. Ooh, me. No, I'm an ENFP. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to start off with our good swing vote, Anthony Kennedy. Mm. He was born in Sacramento, California on July 23rd, 1936. He is a Cancer Leo cusp, Mm. which is a deviant combination, and we're going to talk about why. This is the cup of oscillation. Excuse? Exactly. Cup of who now? Mm Mm-hmm. He's oscillating left and right. Oh, my God. So Cancers are sensitive. I'm a Cancer, and I'm already offended. Are you sensitive? My child's father is a Cancer, and I completely agree. Exhibits A and B. There we go. (laughs) So we have obviously proved this infallibly. And Leos are bold, dramatic, attention-seeking. And because of this, folks on this cusp tend to facilitate between these very high and extreme lows. Now, the key is letting Cancer's softer side kind of tamp down that lion roar, if you will. Now, they tend to be a loving and devoted person with long-lasting familiar relationships. Kennedy has been married since 1963. He has three children. Very classic white family happiness. Mm -hmm. What they need, and this is interesting, is a purpose greater than themselves to find balance Mm. and get outside themselves Mm. to to really center themselves and find a bigger picture. Preach about it. Preach about it. We're about to have a deep conversation about this. I'm just realizing... We are. So my birthday is the day before his, so I'm actually a Cancer Leo cusp as well. And so we're really, we need to, you just wow. read my spirit, though. And we're telling all your business. You really read my spirit, I, though. I'm telling you I live by horoscopes. My horoscope has told me about myself since the day I was born. A greater purpose is what I'm searching for. It's my religion. Um, I'm telling you. When my religion. I, will I find fun? Probably not. <laughs> Here's a little fun bio info about our good friend Anthony. He has your very classic conservative justice. He went to Stanford, got a BA in political science. He spent a year at the London School of Economics. He went to Harvard Law, where he graduated in 1961. Mm-hmm. He went to private practice after that. He's actually been a faculty member at the University of the Pacific since 1965. He still teaches a lecture every summer in Austria for them. What? Oh. I. Busy? Interesting. <laughs> he, he loves to teach, I guess. Mm. Okay, girl. Um, he consulted with Reagan when he was the governor of California on some tax law. Uh, he was nominated by President Gerald Ford to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit in 1975. And in November of 1987, he was nominated by Reagan to the Supreme Court. Mm. 
Now, because he is our swing justice, he is a conservative, but he likes to think that he cannot be easily pigeonholed. I don't like labels. Right. He likes to say that he looks at cases individually and without a rigid ideology. Mm. He and Sandra Day O'Connor were swing votes in many of the five to four and six to three decisions. Ooh, yep. uh, he supports the right to abortion in principle, but has voted to uphold several restrictions like partial birth abortions. He often votes for protections for sexual orientation, but is more conservative than your typical swing justice. He also hates being referred to as a swing justice. Which he is. I feel like I learned so much about Justice Kennedy specifically through his jurisprudence on same-sex marriage, which has been so waffling and so odd for many people. In many ways, he actually created a new form of constitutional law, which is what, you know, when people try to talk about it, they're like, actually, we don't really know what he was doing when he did that, but it worked out in favor of, like, queer people, so I guess we're not mad about it. The way that he ended up making this happen, I guess, kind of makes me think, okay, cool, you can be a swing vote and, and kind of be a little bit waffling, but at least you made a good decision on this one. But I feel like it takes him so long to come to the right decision. Like, it really requires him to get called out and, like, to hear people say, no, we didn't like that, you're trash. And then he kind of, like, builds in that narrative when another case comes up on the same topic. This is because he is trying to balance his internal soft-ass side with mm. his lion-ass insides, and he's <laughs> just out here asking for somebody to bring him to balance and justice, and he has a hard time. Mm. Steady oscillating. He's just be oscillating like a fan. I... <laughs> I feel this deeply, though, because as a cancer Leo Cusp and as the authority on these issues, um, you know, the convictions that he's having as a Leo need to be in sync with his cancer, you know, and I feel like they're not, because if you're allowing your Leo to take over too much, maybe it's because he's the 23rd, you know what I mean? I'm the 22nd, so maybe I'm more cancer than I am Leo. Maybe he's more, I mean, you know? He, he, even, you can tell he's always on the cusp of things. He mm -hmm. can't even decide what he believes in on abortion. So he's considered mm. overthrowing Roe versus Wade, but mm. then keep he kept it, but he also upheld restrictions on abortion. Yep. Right. He's like, I believe in abortion, but I don't believe in abortion. Yeah, he, he did the same thing for same-sex orientations. Mm -hmm. He's like, I believe, I it, believe in it, and I love the idea it. of it, but like, let's not get wild. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And the minute I saw he was a cusp, I said, ah, yes. Mm -hmm. mm, it all comes together. It works well. It, you know, it really uh, maybe does. I shouldn't be a judge, because apparently I would go on to be a Kennedy. No, 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 no. <laughs> but you would be a liberal and then sometimes voting conservative, which I think is more effective than being conservative and sometimes voting liberally. Right. That's mm -hmm. true. I would agree. Yeah. That's yes. true. You That's make true. your own journey. <laughs> I, really I think my, my cusp would probably be more like between liberal and like radical progressive maybe you know what hmm. I mean like you'd be like hmm do that's I want to do do it like am I Bernie today or am I Hillary today you know I, I think that's a much better they would not put they would not put me on a bench <laughs> and for reasons I won't even say because I would definitely not get put on the bench so <laughs> nor would I want to TV I'm gonna pause it over to Camille now hit us with a uh, Justice Clarence. What's up with Brother Thomas? Yeah, so you knew we had to talk about, you know, our Uncle Tom in chief, um, Clarence Thomas. So he was born on June 23rd, making him yet another cusp. Yeah, CT is leaning mm. the fuck back. There's so many cusps in this administration, Ooh. on this court. It's wild. Now, June 23rd, that's the tail end of the Gemini Cancer cusp, Ugh. which is the cusp of magic. Mm. So let's talk about some of the strengths first. We like to be positive. We like to be fair. Do we? You right. We don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> so some strengths. They're fun. They're flirty. Mm. Q. 
curious, intellectual, affectionate, caring, sensitive, as inspirational, and magnetic. Mm. Some weaknesses. Now, these cuspers are known to be moody, mm -hmm. perhaps overly emotional. That's the cancer side coming out. Mm -hmm. uh, scatterbrained, selfish, depressive, self-destructive, which really Ooh, checks out. Wow. And insecure. Mm. Ooh. Yes. You know now, what? The insecure part he comes through. is on this cusp. Yeah. So... Gemini cancer men in particular are obsessed with pleasure and they often sacrifice their <gasps> home and business in pursuit of it. A word? Now, okay, that explains why he molested Anita Hill. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you. She wanted to get into it. No, the look, right up front. Yeah, you're right. So let's let's remind ourselves of some of the things that he said in his confirmation hearing. He said, this is a circus. It's a national disgrace. And from my standpoint as a black American, it is a high tech lynching for uppity blacks mm. who in any way deign to think for themselves, do for themselves, have different ideas. Mm. And it is a message that unless you kowtow to an old order, this is what will happen to you. Now, to me, that feels like, boo, you're telling on yourself. Hello? <laughs> I don't think that about you. You think that about you? And you're just standing and being wrong and strong. So wrong and strong. Like, sir, what are you doing? And so let's actually dive a little bit back into his backstory. So he is very known for being quiet during oral arguments. Mm -hmm. He went like seven years without saying, saying anything. And can we just tell you the moment he said something? I mean, the legal community roared. Like, it was like, <gasps> like, he said something. He asked a question. Like, I don't—it's it's Clarence. Like, why, is, why are people freaking out? Yeah, I guess he didn't always have great English or something <laughs> because of his, like, Gullah background. This is what I had read uh, on the internet. Okay. okay. All right. Real. Um, he was also a heavy drinker in the late 70s and early 80s, and he never used the word alcoholic, but it sounds like he was broke as a joke. Mm. And— he was drinking more than he should. He fell out of love with his first wife. Now, those are his words. He said he fell out of love with his first wife, with whom he had a child that he did continue to care for. But then he married a rich Republican woman that solved his financial woes. And this is that same woman who called Anita Hill demanding an apology. She sounds trifling as fuck. Wow. Oh, no. From a, like... What for what? Like apologize? A bitch, why? Yeah. For whom? For ruined our family. But we remember when that happened, right? Mm -hmm. Like 2010, she dead ass called Anita Hill and says, "I think you owe my husband an apology." And it's just like he's still a Supreme Court justice. As we know, there is no repercussion in this country for sexually harassing, abusing women. So the victimization of Anita Hill, and it definitely mirrors a larger problem in society. But also just talking about Clarence Thomas, like and what he represents. He even outed his own sister for being on welfare and was talking about her. And this is a conversation we need to get. And we usually get into when we come to terms with racial authenticity versus racial reasoning. And Cornell West talks a lot about this. Well, we voted him in office, a very subpar student, very subpar person in general, actually less than subpar person. Person, um, we want they wanted him there because he was black and then he goes and he uses his blackness as oh they're trying to lynch me or oh an excuse for why he didn't do what he did allegedly and he was standing on blackness but then when he gets into the supreme court what does he do for black people nothing yeah, yeah nothing. Not, let, let, I mean, but talk about, but talk about well right. but yeah actually yeah. he quite he the does, opposite of nothing exactly which is terrible horrible thing horrible things like he community. literally reached out oh my sister's on welfare she shouldn't be helped and such he goes just 
a plethora of issues. He has voted very conservatively on even affirmative action. Oh, his affirmative action dissent is horrible. Just I mean, he went at his own school. It's like, yeah. oh, they let me in affirmatively. Talk about a self-destructive tendency. Self-destructive. Mm-hmm. See, it all comes back. It all comes back. And y'all be thinking astrology is fake, and it is, but also sometimes it's not. I'm sometimes telling it's you, real. it's my religion. It provides real insight. I mean, honestly, a lot of his jurisprudence is very questionable, but it's always based largely on the Constitution as it is written. So he and the late Justice Scalia— um, May he not rest. Hello. Um, May he toss. Both of them were were very much, you know, what we call textualist, meaning that literally whatever it says in the Constitution is what everyone is supposed to follow for the rest of eternity. Despite the fact that the Constitution was written by and for white, male, heterosexual— Men. Yeah. 300 years ago. Yeah. But no innovation for Clarence Thomas' sake because, no, of course, if they wanted us to have guns and they said we should have the Second Amendment, then of course we can have handguns and assault rifles within our homes because why not? That is what the Constitution wants of us. So please allow me to just speculate wildly here. (laughs) So let's say, like, maybe, so we know that he's insecure, right? So maybe it's because a bitch don't feel like he have good ideas. Mm. And so that's why he has to just, it's like, well, what does the Constitution say? I'm not really qualified Mm. to elaborate, Mm. to think for myself, to apply my life knowledge and experiences to this law and think about what might actually make some sense for people right here today. And you don't think astrology is real? Are you sure? Are you sure? I'm telling you. It is definitively not real, but it is also the realest thing I know. <laughs> that's that's where real. I sit. It's so that's real. just that's I'm the tension we have you. to hold within ourselves. You know, it's incredibly fake, but it is so real. I, I can't. I, we have we to have contain to multitudes. We I do. Can't, I can't admit that it's fake. <laughs> Well, this is really helpful for me. I feel like I'm going to bring this into my classes. And so, mm. you know, the next time we start looking at a Kennedy decision, I'm going to say, well, as a as a cancer Leo cusp, it's actually quite understandable that Justice Kennedy would feel this way because, you know, <laughs> based on what we've read in his astrology, if you haven't done it already, why haven't you? And if you uh, can get us his full natal birth chart, I would love would that. Would you go through it? <laughs> Please, time. We need time. I would oh love to God. know what his moon is. I want to know risings. I want it all. He's on his way out. Let's worry about the next folks who are going to be coming in to potentially well, replace him. hopefully not too soon because we don't need President Trump replacing anyone. True. The Supreme Court is already skewed and trifling enough. I mean, I mean, it would be another conservative. So, I mean, Clarence is already conservative. It wouldn't be as bad as, like, Kennedy or Ginsburg. Like. Real. So speaking of trifling Supreme Court happenings, mm-hmm. there was a case recently that we want to get into, right? Yeah, so we want to talk about some new developments coming out of the Supreme Court in what is our political segment. When we do the political, we usually talk about Donald Trump, to be honest, because, I mean, the news is coming out every single day. Every day. I'm exhausted. You probably are keeping up with that. And if you aren't, it's good for self-care. You shouldn't. Like, don't do that. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about a case that came down earlier this week at the very end of March. The case of Casella v. Hughes. Here is what happened. So, police officers came to the house of one woman who was outside hacking at a tree with a knife. Great start. Someone, <laughs> you know, why she all my best stories start that way. Great, great start. You know, I was just chilling outside. <laughs> I was like hacking my tree. You know, this tree was just getting on my nerves. Knife. How big was the knife? Like, on, I must, like... So this person who's hacking on the tree with a knife has a roommate who emerges from the house also carrying a knife. 
So apparently it's just a thing they do. I think they were just doing it, yeah. I don't I don't know what they were doing. And and apparently neither did the police. So the police go to this woman who was standing in the doorway. They tell her to drop the weapon. It's She's, unclear whether or not she heard their request. Right, right. It, it honestly looked like she was rather confused because, mm-hmm. again, they were outside of her house, and she's like, what and are y'all doing here? And she has a history of mental illness. As is often the case with so many of these issues of police misconduct and excessive force, the police started shooting. Well, not all of them, just one of them, and he shot her four times. Right. I think— Learning about this and reading through the facts of it was actually something that was sad but funny is that she, she sat lived. down. She lived. And so after being shot, she was like, why did you shoot me? Yeah, like, she said that. She was like, what the hell? Like, I have a quick she said, question. No, she why am I bleeding? Why are you shooting me? Yo, fam. Um, <laughs> and so this case went all the way up to the Supreme Court. The question is whether or not the police had a reason and a legitimate cause to pull out their weapons and then fire at this woman in front of her house. Unfortunately, the Supreme Court said yes. They, they, well, the Supreme Court didn't actually say that they had a right to do it. So the police officers got off based on a legal theory called qualified immunity. And honestly, qualified immunity is the reason why so many police misconduct cases don't even get taken up. Basically, it means that if you are a police officer and you are on duty, you do something that is clearly problematic, probably involves hurting somebody and excessive force, you are off the hook as long as you didn't know that you were violating someone's rights or breaking the law. So basically— What in the, the full fuck, what, Yeah, what— it, Literally. What, again, in the collusion. I mean, basically, the Supreme Court found that because there was no precedent, because this had never been ruled upon before, despite all of the cases that we've tried to get to the Supreme Court regarding excessive force, because there was no precedent alerting the officer that he shouldn't have opened fire in that effort to protect—allegedly protect the roommate who was also tree-hacking at the time, there could not have been an unconstitutional excessive force since he gave clear and fair warning signs. Now, at this point, is clear and fair warnings even objective? Because the individual who was shot four times didn't even hear the officer. Also, this officer shot her four times. Mm-hmm. Not once. Right? Not once, not twice, not thrice. Four times. She mm-hmm. had a knife. Now, unless... She has some speed and agility I don't know about. That doesn't sound like an imminent threat to me. I wasn't there. Again, I am speculating wildly, but it just doesn't seem like it was all of that. I mean, we see in all of these police brutality cases where it never is an imminent threat. The most recent case being Stefan Clark, who was shot in the back eight times and he was just holding a cell phone and so on and so forth. So we see that there actually is precedent and it is that these police officers have the discretion to use force against people, fatal force, when they choose to. And I completely agreed with Justice Sotomayor on this when she said that, and I quote, its decision is not just wrong with the law, it also sends an alarming signal to law enforcement officers and the public, she wrote. It tells officers that they can shoot first and think later, and it tells the public that palpably unreasonable conduct will go unpunished. So if we really want to get into this and to contextualize this experience and this opinion, what does this tell the black community when it comes to excessive police force and shooting? I think that Sotomayor said that without saying that. She was sending out a warning sign that this this behavior is not going to go punished. Really ever at all. And honestly, looking at the case itself, it's clear that the police officer wasn't shooting because he felt endangered. He actually says that he shot because he thought that this woman's 
roommate was in danger. Despite who the also fact, had a knife. Who also had a knife. So despite the fact that they both were armed, he only shot at one person, and he shot at her because he thought she was a danger, but not to him. So it makes really no sense. And it, when we think about qualified immunity, you know, Brie, you had already mentioned earlier that we have precedent to think about these issues. But the way that the court looks at qualified immunity is that you have to have the, those specific facts in order before they will say that that is a precedent. So Mm -hmm. literally, unless there was a case in the past where a police officer shot at someone in the doorframe of their house holding a knife while someone else was hacking at a tree with a knife, they're going to say, oh, no, well, how could the police officer have ever known that he was breaking the law or violating someone's rights? When it's like, quite clearly, police officers need to have at least enough common sense to know when to shoot and when not to shoot. And it's clear that they do know that because I find... If I want to piss myself off, I go to Twitter and I watch all the videos of police officers dealing with white folks and letting them do literally everything. I just saw a video of like a police officer was fist fighting with a guy. The guy laid on the ground, then got up and started fighting him. And this guy is alive and chilling, right? He's fine. No, nothing happened to him. He's alive. Um, the way that we think about qualified immunity, though, is just the same way we think about police officers and Blue Lives Matter as, you know, oh, they're, they're our protectors, and why would we ever fight them or, mm-hmm. you know, make their job any harder? I think that it was just a political move. The Supreme Court did not want to get into such an issue, so they they toss it off to a procedural issue and said, okay, well, there was no precedent on this. But by doing this, again, like Sotomayor said, they set the precedent, and they said, okay, well, these officers can use excessive force in X, Y, and Z situations situations which are going to target the black community from now on and that's my biggest issue also i'm just worried about our girl sonia she seems tired as hell she's not, oh. and she's Ruth been too. dissenting and dissenting and, and dissenting and just like up. could mm-hmm. y'all stop being so foolish and just i'm sorry baby the ruth pour one out. ruth bader you. also joined this dissent and she was like this is ridiculous as well and mind you ruth is is about to croak and i'm sorry <laughs> no, i'm sorry <laughs> she, no don't put that she, out in the air no, you, know, you need but, to take that back no, she is. Okay, I'm going to take it back. I'm going to take it back. I'm not going to be friendly. May, may Justice Ginsburg but, but live is, forever. We don't want her to, but, you know, everyone's afraid it's going to happen, and then she's going to be replaced with a conservative judge. And if they keep bringing up these cases like this and ruling in such ways that are adverse to the American population, Ruth is just going to leave. She's going to leave. She's that's not ju- dealing with this anymore. That's Justice Ginsburg to you. You tried it. Oh, yeah. No, that's Sister Ruth. It. Sister Ruth. I'm sitting with Camille and, Chris- and Christina on this one. You tried it. What? <laughs> so Christina can say Sonia, and I can't say He's being unfriendly to me, okay? The real question <laughs> is... Right the one, guess oh, because she knows Sonia, because she knows her astrology sign, okay? The one, thing, <laughs> the one thing we all can agree upon is that where the hell is Kagan? Like, where is she Yeah, at? where is she? Was she all, where? In the majority, perhaps. <gasps> Hello? Maybe, maybe, let's, let, we have to look into our former, this. We have to look into this. The former this. dean of our current law school is trash. And <gasps> you can't say that. You don't know. Okay. We don't know if she didn't. I, 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 I won't say I can't say it, apparently. Yeah, we don't know. Well, she wasn't. She just didn't dissent. It was, it was Sotomayor with Ginsburg um, um, on, on her dissent. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like... Problematic. I mean, if we want to get into the like actual weeds of it, we may not. But it was a per curiam decision, which literally means that 
Most this of was the not agreed. It wasn't well. Was it literally means like, everyone yeah. agrees, yeah. technically, right? So, like, a per curiam decision basically means we don't actually have to deal with this case as an actual matter because the law is so well settled on it. And unfortunately, the law on qualified immunity is very settled, meaning that this case goes into a long line of cases saying that police officers are never going to be held accountable for the crappy things that they do, primarily to black people, people of color, poor people that are living in this country. Yeah, and as Justice Sotomayor said, that does send an incredibly clear message about the value of those members of American society to the nation, right? Like, you're essentially saying, like, you don't have any rights here, and you are a second-class citizen. And mm -hmm. it is just one more thing that has been added on to this deluge of nonsense that people of color have to deal with in this country. And it's just, like, one more protection that has been, like, taken away. And at that incredibly high level, like, I don't know where we go from here. Right. I think that we've never even had the protection. It's not even being taken away. It's just being reinforced at a higher level, the Supreme Court. Well, at least notionally, right, like we could take the case to the Supreme Court, but now right. it's gone. Mm -hmm. right, now right. we mm -hmm. see, no, actually, we're not going to give you any any leg to stand on here. Mm -hmm. Like black folks, Mexican folks, native folks, mm -hmm. you're on your own. Yeah, regardless of whether or not the woman in the case was actually black, we know that these issues are most prevalent in the black community, which right. is why we're so pressed. I'm pressed. Right. It's weakening what are already very weak civil rights protections. I remember learning about qualified immunity in my class on civil rights litigation and actually like having to raise my hand and saying like what the hell like why like this makes no sense like how are we actually going to be able to create change if the laws are set up this if civil rights laws are set up in such a way that the people who are being harmed don't really have any way to stand up for themselves in court it, it honestly our it's civil wild. rights regime is really trash yeah it's not gonna get any better police yeah. officers lives clearly matter more than the lives of black citizens like that is who they've decided are the protected class here and that is a damn shame because it turns out all police officers are terrified of doing their jobs on a daily basis it seems and can't do anything without shooting at folks mm -hmm. Yeah, concerning. They seem to be a, a very trigger-happy group of people, and mm -hmm. I know that we often hear that law is supposed to be dispassionate, there's no intent here, but like, as our play uncle James Baldwin said, mm -hmm. I cannot oh judge goodness. you by your intent. I can only judge you by your institutions. And what mm. your institutions are demonstrating right now is just a, a complete lack of respect. Now we're going to get into the Hetty. I know you guys want to talk about who bit Beyonce. Today is their wedding anniversary. Oh, their 10th. that's cute. Yeah. Is it cute? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad uh, at No, I mean, we really don't know the tea, honestly. I mean, Beyonce is always a relevant topic, if you ask me. She is, but it's just like she's a topic. Like, we're never going to get confirmed facts on her. Like, I need these facts. I need to know why Solange beat up Jay-Z in the elevator. I'm still pressed. You will never That's true. We'll, we'll never know. Literally. Literally, I need to know who is Becky with the with the good hair. Like, can you tell us? Not Rachel Ray. It's not Rachel. I mean, we can't who's not. That look. I need to know who bit you. Like, I can never get the facts. We're not gonna, apparently, we're not going to learn who bit her either. <gasps> she's not going to tell. Oh, well, I mean, we can speculate. Right, like, That's what has the doing. news even said about it? It was like, uh, like... I mean, the news seen. has said that it was Sanaa Lathan. Right. They said that. No, she said it wasn't her, though. She said it wasn't she her, said, like OJ said, if I did it. She okay. said, she said, of course I didn't bite Beyonce, and 
even if I did, it would have been a love bite. So I feel like she was already setting herself up for when people found out she was the one that bit her. This is what I'm saying. This is the if I did it defense. (laughs) Additionally, Tiffany had mentioned in one of her stand-up sets where she talked about this alleged bite. Oh, my God. That the actress in question was dating French Montana. (gasps) Exactly. First and foremost, Tiffany's close her entire mouth. uh, I said that. (laughs) Tiffany talks way too much. She's never going to another Beyonce party. She's never going to to anyone else's party. If you're going to spill the tea on Beyonce, who are you going to spill the tea on? Because everyone knows Beyonce is the most private. I'm not partying with Tiffany. Tiffany, you can't party with me. I would make a song about it, too. I've already said, (laughs) if they're trying to party with the queen, they're going to have to sign a non-disclosure. Tiffany! Tiffany! I mean... Y'all didn't learn the first time. So this was this was the major piece of news that linked Sanaa to this dramatic Ooh, biting. Sanaa. Because she was dating French Montana last summer. She was. Ooh. She was. Because of this, the case has primarily been closed according to the internet. They're like, right. like she I remember, did it. Like they went and dragged on. her again. I remember. They did go and drag her again. Ooh. Questlove did come to her defense and say that she did not bite Beyonce. Was he a witness? But I, see, I don't you know. Quest, like, where were you if you're not going to tell us who did it, but defense or not, then, like, are you helpful? Like, so <laughs> the other thing that makes this messy is yeah. Beyonce having said, like, oh, she's on dread drugs. Yes. She's not usually like this. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I think that makes it harder for someone to, like, cop to it. And they're just be like, oh, like, I was just playing. Like, I would, if it would be one right. thing if she was drunk, ah. but, like, to be on drugs, like, what drugs are you talking about? Right. Like, right. I don't know what kind of drugs make you chew on Beyonce's face um, because I have never been on those kind of drugs. Yeah. Nor I mean, I've, I've heard I've heard of like face melting drugs, so I feel like there are some out there. Do you there think that, would... that <laughs> favorite black actress Sanaa was just like <laughs> sniffing bath salts? I, right, like wondering <laughs> what is going on. Like, like who knows? Cannibalism. These are celebrity parties, though. You know those celebrity parties; they have access to everything. So, so. I am hanging on to the hope that it was the Sarah Foster woman who I did have oh. to look up. Who is that? So she's a white lady, which is important. That makes me feel better mm-hmm. about the world. Okay, but I guess she was on like nine like the most recent like 90210 or something the reboot i guess <laughs> i guess well and this makes me feel better because what my big issue with this was i do not believe that a black woman would bite beyonce it seems it absolutely like something sense. your so, jennifer lawrence's okay. mm-hmm. your other you know random white celebs would do but it does not seem like something a black woman would do to beyonce i think that like chrissy tagan said via twitter like she alluded to, mm. it was Scarlett Johansson. Deep down, we and know. that's what she said. She Deep said down. she knows who it is. It could only be one person, and that person is truly awful. And deep down, we deep down. know. Okay? Deep. And that— and I would buy you, that. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, who was actually at this party, when she said deep down, by the way, deep down, Scarlett Johansson had just started in this movie, Deep Down. She said deep Whoa. down. Whoa. <laughs> On this journey with us, man. You, you know Twitter is just straight out investigating folks. Like, mm-hmm. babe, connect the dots so freaking quickly. Listen, we want guest list. We want guest list. We need security. I need security Someone footage. Said, or, I, need in, or, I need entrances and exits. Or we just need uh, Tiffany's number because apparently she's spilling all the tea. Tiffany, if you're listening, um, text me, sis, because <laughs> I know you'll spill the tea to me, babe. Yeah, and we need, we do need the long-form guest list. I want to be really clear about mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. No no mm-hmm. annotations. We want to keep. We want that complete record. You know, we can, you, you know, I feel like we can really set up a really imp- like meaningful partnership here if you 
guys want to do the investigative work, like we are mm-hmm. totally ready to do some personal injury. Mm-hmm. Beyonce, we got you. Also we can draft be, up the NDA totally, for her. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna draft that NDA for you. We can make this happen. That, we can make the money. I love thinking about because you know before Top Off came out, Tiffany had to do that article. She had to get interviewed. Right. So when Top Off came out, did Tiffany have to call Beyonce and be like, girl, I heard you and I respect you and I will never talk about you again. But. Except there is one other piece that will be coming out and it yes. is actually a little bit worse than last time. That is my favorite imagined phone call. This is the problem with asking for forgiveness instead of asking for permission, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to Beyonce. Because apparently she must have done these interviews months ago, right? Like, this probably happened a while ago. I was thinking, actually, that it was, like, a recent party, right? Because they said that she—didn't she go to the Grammys party that Beyonce and Jay-Z held? Yeah, but it was the 444 release party. Ah. Which is, like— even yeah, that further was a back ago. in time. Yeah, 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 so. I just, I love to just imagine that phone call. And just like, Tiffany, same, girl, I'm sorry. Well, maybe we can solve two birds in one stone because apparently at the same party, an actress had tried to get cozy with Jay-Z and it was intercepted by the queen. And maybe that actress. It is, is allegedly Becky the same the actress thing. that did Good the biting. Hair. Maybe mm-hmm. it's, Whoa. wait, so she's white. Whoa, so she's everything. <laughs> oh, my God. This is my th- breaking news comfort. right here. Deep. And so deep. Everyone, I just saw two Becky with good hair. Is everyone it is Scarlett Johansson? You heard her here first. And you heard her here first. Oh my god. Allegedly, reportedly. <laughs> Again, we're, specu- all we're speculating wildly. <laughs> no, this is this is freedom of speech. This is our podcast. We are not. <laughs> Scarlett, do not try to sue us with your white lady money. I ain't no, got like, it, girl. Quite literally, quite literally. Quite literally. We're not actually lawyers. You can have lawyers. this debt if you we, want it. We're not I ain't got it. actually lawyers yet. We're not going to be able to actually defend ourselves or Beyonce for that sake. She has enough people doing that. But hey, Parkwood, I'll drop the fellowship. Like, I'll, if yeah. you have an offer. I'd I'm be... always looking for new work. Hello? So. Job who? Yes. <laughs> I was I was literally dying. I was showing Brie this like um, black no, China thing. When did this happen? She is so ratchet as six flags. Did y'all see this? What y'all didn't she see done? that? She, she was hitting people with her baby stroller. <laughs> with her baby toy. I literally saw this like. She's ratchet. I'm I, telling you. I saw this in a meme, but I didn't know the actual story. Yes, is she, that man so behind she, her that 18 year old boy that she's dating? Which is just yes. And why is he around her kids? So apparently like, she's like she's like. I guess they're like, having a play date. Like reeling <laughs> back to to throw it. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, she was dragging it around like she wanted to throw it several times and she couldn't get past this side by side photo is killing me right now <laughs> yeah everyone kept saying that's black china she's and now, apparently now she's been dropped from a stroller <laughs> company endorsement a shame but when was she endorsing strollers and which ones probably right Im- immediately when dream came out I had so much hope for her that she was going to scam the Kardashians. Mm, no. She I wanted, was in such a good spot when she was Angela so Kardashian. Much more. Yes, exactly. She, I feel like she was iconic around the time she was looking better. She had scammed the Kardashians. We were on her side. Great. You scammed the the cultural appropriation paradigm of America. Great. Mm. So it. now she's dating 18-year-old. She's at Six Flags on play dates with her boyfriend and her kids. Fighting with strollers, I I'm over uh, I'm over it. I'm done. I'm over it. Brought out. I'm pink. disappointed. I did. I really thought that she was going to be like iconic, like Angela Kardashian. Yeah. Like when she was trying to trademark that name and stuff. I thought it was going to be a scam mm. among I all scams, her. but no. Yeah. Nicki Minaj said brought out the pink Lamborghini just to race with China, and, <laughs> and now that she's carrying around and, and chucking <laughs> pink, pink strollers, it, it, I feel like it adds a new meaning, um, yeah. new context uh, to the song. <laughs> Everybody, 
this has been another episode of Petty Politics. Obviously, it got very unfriendly, petty, and political. Look, we don't play. We don't play. Okay. We don't play. I told you. Listen, we told you our UBH girls were going to bring the tea, and they brought it and served it and more. Thank you. Thanks for coming out to hang out with us, y'all. We really appreciate you coming to the studio with us. Tell our listeners how they can reach out to you and how they can find out more about your work. They want to reach out and touch face with the hotties they can do so you can find us on twitter at the black hotties we're both there we love to chat and gab all day long if you want to get a little invested in some of our favorite politics and favorite joke episodes we're going to recommend you try a fine vintage we like to call say it with the confidence of ron weasley <laughs> it's a short quick intro mm-hmm. kw you want to give him another rec Yeah, so if you want to hear us go deep and serious on something, uh, we talked about the uh, 2016 election in a little episode called We Got a Bone to Pick. A a personal fave. Yeah, Um, so that's that's a good episode. It will be triggering. I do want you to know we do talk about our reaction to the Trump election, but it'll give you a good sense for like us and our vibe. But that Ron Weasley episode, that's that's a really great one. Just dive in, get a short little bite of a little ct a little kw you'll be good to go thanks so much for that y'all keep an eye out for new work that's coming out from petty politics you can always follow us through our social media or send us an email at harvard bolsa petty politics at gmail.com that's harvard b-l-s-a petty politics at gmail.com peace